What's up, Miami Dolphin fans? Josh Katzker from the Same Old Dolphin Show here, popping on real quick to let you know that my brother Aaron and I were recently guests on Go Time Dolphins, which is a really cool podcast hosted by Charlie Touche and Kadeem Simmons. A really cool podcast where they talk about the Miami Dolphins multiple times a week. And they had us on recently, and we decided that we wanted to let you all hear that audio as an extra bonus here because it's off-season time now, so there's not quite as many podcasts going up on the Dolphins Talk feed quite as much as there normally would be, and obviously not up on the same old Dolphin Show feed. And because we are not recording our own show this week, but we were on the guest spot on that show, we thought, Hey, be a nice, cool bonus to share that show with all of you. So you're going to hear that coming up here. So uh, make sure that you follow at GoTimeDolphins on Twitter and check them out on YouTube as well. It's a really cool show, and I hope you enjoy what you hear. You are now tuned in to GoTimeDolphins with Charlie Touche and Kadeem Simmons, the Miami Dolphins podcast that's for the fans and by the fans. Gotta make them lose their mind when it's your time. And it's your time. Going all out when it's go time. I ain't wasting no time. Gotta make them lose their mind when it's your time. Cause it's your time. Lay it on the line when it's go time. Don't waste no time. This is a, a first. Uh, three get uh, two guests. On the Go Time Dolphins, um, you know, there's four of us, as you can see on YouTube, listening on Spotify, iTunes, um, and there's a number of reasons why this collaboration had to happen. Um, I think Go Time Dolphins wouldn't be where it is right now if the conversation between myself and Josh, or you know, Charlie and Josh, about what mic to use, what streaming you know platform to use how to get to video all that kind of stuff so it's all those conversations um if you're watching on on youtube you know i'm wearing a miami dolphins hat a nwo wrestling t-shirt and a man united football shirt that's basically my my loving to josh um we're kindred spirits in just depressing things which has ruined our lives <laughs> <laughs> um but then I also think, you know, there have been so many times where as I'm working my, my, my night shift and I get a notification on, on Twitter, say my Dolphin show is going live and I'll jump in and I'll jump in the chat and stuff. And again, for the last, I want to say season, you know, last three months, basically, you would have heard so many times on this show, shout out to Josh Casco, Aaron Casco, you know, the same old Dolphin show, because the 2022 Miami Dolphins are basically those same old Dolphins. And basically, after the Dolphins fired Brian Flores, it we, this this had to happen because the Dolphins are still the same old Dolphins. So before I pass on to our guest, that's just me just saying thank you so much for keeping me entertained as I'm working. And I am insanely jealous of, you know, the name of your show. But more, more now than ever, it is... It, basically sums up the Dolphin experience as a whole. So, like I said, before I pass on to our guest, Charlie, how's it going? Hey, it's Go Time Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins podcast that goes not only across the pond, but across the world. I'm Charlie Touche. I got my co-host with me, Kadeem Simmons, and we are joined today by Same Old Dolphins Show 
of DolphinsTalk.com. Josh Kasker and his brother Aaron Kasker. We still don't got the applause drop, the <sighs> but welcome to the show, fellas. And before I even, I, I even hand it off to one of you, I just want to tell you guys, like, both of you are the most rational Dolphin fans outside <laughs> of myself. I like to think I'm a, a rational Dolphin fan. You feel me? I really do. But you guys are rational. So when I listen to your guys' show and then, like, for you guys to come over here and, and holler at us and chop it up with us, it's a pleasure, man. We Thank appreciate you. being on, man. Hey, so and the kind Aaron, words too, and gotta say, we gotta appreciate the kind words, too. man. No we doubt, no doubt, Aaron, man. We we was chopping it up, and and we're not even. There's no script, bro. We're just gonna. This this is the 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 therapeutic Miami Dolphins. Hey, help one another. You know what I'm saying? No, no man left behind. You know what I'm saying? This is what this conversation is. But before we jump, no, Aaron, we we're talking about uh, you know, the potential, and I guess we're going to you know, the, the hot topic. Did you guys expect Brian Flores to be fired this offseason? Like, did you, was that a curveball? How did you guys take it the first time you heard it? Do you want to take this, Josh, or you want me No, to- no, 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 you go, you go. All right. So, I, it's, this, this, is, this is the rant. I'm going to just buckle up. Yeah, truth be told, we, we, were, we were talking about doing a show, whether we were going to do it on the, the Monday after the, the Patriots game or the Tuesday after. And we were like, look, there's there's not going to be any news. Uh, they're not going to fire Flores after this. So let's just get the show done on Monday and and just, you know, put it put it in the books. And then Monday morning, I'm I'm working. and I just started working and Josh sends me a text. Oh, my God, it happened. <laughs> and sure enough, the flow got fired. So I, I was I was thrown for a loop. It wasn't like shocking, shocking, yeah. but. Um, but no, I didn't see it happening the way the season ended, but the more I think about it, the more it's like, that's the ultimate same old dolphins move was not to, not just that they fired flow, but that they fired flow and kept Chris Greer in this golden opportunity to clean house before this huge off season with all this, uh, draft capital, all this money the most important offseason that the that the team has had in a few years and now we're going to bring in a coach we're going to force the coach <laughs> to have Tua as the quarterback Chris Greer has to make the playoffs next year and honestly if they make the playoffs and they lose in the first round I'm not certain that that's meeting the the expectation coming into a season where they're going to be spending you know, $75 million in cap space. I think the design has always been that this next season is the year to start really being a Super Bowl contender. So if they're not a Super Bowl contender, um, I think it's going to be a disappointment. A disappointment. And if it's a disappointment, is Chris Greer going to have a job after next season? And then what do you do with this new coach that you hired? You're going to have Tua, and he's got a built-in excuse already now because obviously all of this stuff that happened with Flo and Deshaun Watson and all of that, they're going to bring in a new coach, and they're going to say, well, this is his third offensive coordinator in three years like they do with all the young quarterbacks that never amount to anything. They just find a million ways to excuse his mediocre play, and that's going to happen. And we're just going to have this continued cluster bleep at the top because they just 
because Stephen Ross just cannot put it together and just say, look, this is working and we're going to stick with it. Or this is not working and we need to blow up the front office and bring in two new guys with a clear vision and let them take the reins. It's, it's, this is the Joe Philbin thing all over again, where they, you know, fired uh, Jeff Ireland and then he hired a new GM, but said, Joe Philbin's got to be your coach. And then they fired Philbin the next year. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a cycle. It's, they literally are the same old Dolphins. It's over and over and over again. Hey, I really like this show. I, I do like I, I love hey, Go Time Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins podcast that goes not only across the pond but across the world. Man, chopping it up with same old Dolphins. Josh, what you got, bro? Well, I mean, Aaron pretty much covered all the bases as far as like how I felt when the news broke because for me it was just like okay. I mean, really, it was like okay they they fired Flores. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was like, okay, where's where's the news about Chris Greer? And then that never came. And so I was waiting for it. And then when it didn't happen, it was like, yeah, they, they haven't learned anything. Stephen Ross has not learned anything. His one of the biggest problems that he has had over the years is that he is loyal to a fault where he is going to stick with the same people right over and over and over again for years and years and years, even after they have proven. I mean, pretty undoubtedly, pretty clearly that they are not getting the job done right the, the the job is to i mean the job is to win a super bowl right that's the job for sure but we can't even get somebody to lead us to the playoffs and if we get to the playoffs we can't even lead find somebody to lead us to a playoff win right been 21 years since the dolphins have won a playoff game right so now they they get rid of flores and they keep greer okay whatever fine i'm i'm willing to sort of almost accept that with the idea being that, well, they're going to bring in a head coach and this head coach is going to be the one who ultimately is going to make some sort of determination about where this team is going to go with the quarterback position, et cetera. And, and I want to say, if anybody has listened to our show, you know that we are pretty fair and we've been pretty consistent on that. We're trying not to make a decision on Tua one way or the other until we've seen uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, this whole 2021 season, because we said, you know, that was one of the biggest goals for the Dolphins had to be getting through the 2021 season and knowing whether or not Tua was going to be the guy. You didn't want to get to the end of the season and still have it be a question mark. And if you got to the end of 2021 and it was still sort of a question mark, then the answer was no, he's not the guy. And we got through the 2021 season and we didn't really have that affirmative answer like he did he didn't undoubtedly show you that this can't be the guy but he also didn't get through the whole season and show you that absolutely he is the guy so I figured well they're going to keep Greer they'll bring in a head coach and let the head coach decide whether or not this is the quarterback that he wants to stick with right and now they've made this announcement that no they're they're basically all in on Tua Tungavailoa and they, they released a statement and saying that you know barring some unforeseen circumstance Tua is going to be their guy in 2021 and you know that goes without saying that potentially an unforeseen circumstance is a head coach who says he doesn't want to accept the job if he has to accept Tua as the starting quarterback and you know and that can be an unforeseen circumstance but largely they they're making the statement no this is still our guy and that's the end of it and that just shows me that this is a an organization that has learned absolutely nothing 
They're trying to bring in a head coach candidate. And listen, a quarter of the league, a quarter of the NFL has moved on from their head coaches. And a bunch of those teams that are moving on from head coaches are also moving on from general managers or are in a place where they're at the beginning of a rebuild, right? The Dolphins are the only one well, maybe not the only one, but they're one of the they're they are the team that is setting their setting the stage by saying, if you want to come in here and you want to be the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins, you have to accept that you're gonna work under this general general manager who's been like a cockroach and survived every <laughs> regime for the last two decades, <laughs> hiding under rocks, befriending whoever he needs to befriend. <laughs> He's untouchable. Right, <laughs> like he's you can't like I don't know I don't know what Chris Greer got the dirt on somebody, but anyway, they can't do anything. Can't get rid of Chris Greer. So you got to accept that you're going to come in and work under this man, right? Who, who will throw you under the bus at the drop of a hat because there's a lot of spin going on. Well, you hear all the stories in the media coming out about Brian Flores. Um, that somebody had those stories and was holding on to him. Right. And now we're trying to spin the narrative about him and whatever you can buy into those and take them at face value, whatever you want to do. But this is a guy that's been here for a long time and has seen everybody around him get the boot, but he's still here. Okay. So he has figured out how to cozy up to the right people and, and do what he needs to do. And you know what? More power to him because, you know, it's like we, like we've said in the last couple episodes of the same old dolphin. So shout out Will Fuller. You got that $10 million, buddy. <laughs> good, good job. Right. Uh, Chris Greer, you got you 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 survived. Good for you, man. Way to way to go. <laughs> but Bro. so you got so wait, so wait, you so you got to come in. You got to work under him, and now you also have to accept that two is going to be your starting quarterback, and you don't get to, you know, you don't get. You, this is what you have. You got to come in and accept that this is your quarterback. Accept that this is your general manager. Accept that this is an organization that has no clear power structure and. You know, people are throwing other people under the bus and it's been dysfunctional for two decades. And you got to accept that. And on top of all of that, you've got to walk in with a pre-existing roster and one and, and a very good defense. You have to walk in, you gotta fix this entire offense and maintain this defense, and you're expected to make the playoffs immediately and turn this team into a contender immediately. And like Listen, I'm not saying that there are head coaches out there that aren't up for a challenge, but if I'm presented with that opportunity and the pressure that that entails and an opportunity to go somewhere else where I can be paired with a brand new GM and walk in with a clean slate and have an opportunity to start fresh and start new and have a time to build a culture and a team and an organization myself, which of those two things is more attractive to you? Hey, tell us how you really feel, Josh. I'm listen. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I'm just I I, I hey, listen, man. I I'm I'm forty something. What forty two years old, right? I want to see this. Forget how old you are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the Dolphins have never won a Super Bowl in my lifetime, bro. Okay? That, that, that drink you got looks like the actual meme. Not not the meme, but the 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 emoji. You know, on the iPhone, it looks like yeah. This, this it's, it's my it's my my whiskey with my uh, my. Hey, listen. Shout so, out smoke wagon whiskey, bourbon whiskey. Let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Check me out, man. When I when I watch you guys show, it's like just now. Just listen to your rant. 
I felt like I was just watching the show again. I'm, I was about to fix a snack. You know what I'm saying? I was just going to leave, turn it up and walk to the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? I really was, bro. I'm dead serious. I'm like, this is a treat. You don't understand, bro. So look, man, I don't actually think uh, Chris Greer knows where the bodies are buried. I know, I know, I know that's the common, the common thought process going on and predominantly most of the, 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 the fan base. I don't think he knows where the bodies are buried. For everyone who who hasn't caught on to that, I don't think he has anything on anybody in the organization. All right. And the reason why I don't think that is, yeah, he keeps getting a lot of chances. I want to be very clear though. I was not mad that Flo got fired. I was not happy about it. I wasn't, yes, we we we're free. I was uh, I was not happy about it. I was not mad about it. Like I was in the middle still. I'm okay, well. Whatever has to happen, has to happen. Now, I want to be clear. When I At the beginning of the show, I said you guys are the most rational Dolphin fans there are. Whether we agree or not, you're still rational. Because I can understand, you know, people have to be logic. Not like Twitter. Twitter isn't a real place. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. You know, it's not a real place. So, you got you got just fans that are unhappy. Uh, the closest thing to football, they come is playing Madden. You know what I'm saying? And if something goes wrong, it's on whoever's head, right? It doesn't work like that. So, Here's my thing about Flo. I said he was a great coach. I, I'm, I'm gonna come and bring it back a little bit. He's a good coach. I'm gonna oh, bring wait, it. I, I brought wait, it back wait, a little wait, bit. Wait, 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 wait. Are you backpedaling? Because normally that's my normally yeah. I see normally going Arcadina DB backpedaling. Charlie. I'm not really backpedaling. I just took. I, 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 I took. I took my my initial step was a, a step backwards. I didn't backpedal like like you backpedal all the time. I just took a backwards step. All right now. Flo is a good coach. I say he was a great coach. He's a good coach. All right. Here's my thing about Grado. In the front office, all four of us here are Dolphin fans. We like to imagine we have a pretty good post on the team. And I said this numerous times on, on, this, on this show. It's not Stephen Ross's team. This is not Greer's team. This is not Flo's team. This is our team. This is the Dolphin fans team. Like, we're the ones who have to go through the pain over and over and over again. When Greer is gone, when Ross is gone, when Flo is gone, we're still going to be here. It's our team, all right? So, no, this is not Ross's team, all right? And I, I, I want to I make that very clear. So, I believe we have a pretty good post of what's going on. But there's some things we don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, Flo, you know, a lot of stuff coming out about Flo. I believe 70% of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can see this. I can see that. Because when I'm watching the past two, three years, I'm like, oh, what is this? This don't make sense. And then, you know, you put this A with B with C, and then you, you get an uh, equation. And you're like, oh, it's adding up now. Now flow's gone. You see what I'm saying? So it, a lot of stuff makes sense in that move. Whether he was it was on him or whether it was on Greer, if Greer went, we would hear what happened while it was on Greer, right? I get it. Now, my thing about Greer is he's been in the in the building what 20 years, 21? This is 20 mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two decades, we'll just call it two decades. To be fair, Greer was under Tannenbaum. He wasn't the general. He wasn't a it lands on me. He 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 was never that guy until Ross handed it to him three years ago. So, yes, he had he was up in the in the upper echelon, but he wasn't the this lands on you guy. And since he was under Greer and he was, you know, he started off as a director of college and uh, scouting, you know, so you, he climbed the ladder. Cool. You've been in the building 20 years. And I think what happens is when Greer gets his shot now, this is his shot too, right? 
this is you've been in the year the, the building 17 years for you to get this one shot you know what i'm saying no one it's not there's not a fair meter like oh we have to be fair to Greer. No, there's no, there's, we're not hashtagging fair to Greer. I promise you that. You know what I'm saying? So that being said, yeah, he missed on my my favorite is to say the O line, bro. The man whiff when he had the chance disaster. to pick. That's that's putting it nicely. Listen, listen, he whiff like, bro. I used to play whiff full ball. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm telling you, we used to play whiff ball. Matter of fact, our across the street from Joe Robbie Stadium. You know what I'm saying? So we used to play wiffle ball. It's like, yo, you whiff on the O-line. But he got a lot of things right. He got us to where in a position where if you don't whiff on that O-line, you're in the middle of a rebuild and you got your, your, your organization the most cap in the NFL in year three. The most important, like, you're turning the corner. You're on the way to the – you should have been in the playoffs twice. Now you got the most cap and – Imagine you was in the playoff twice. No playoff team gets the most cap at the same time. That doesn't ever happen. You see what I'm saying? So he he did that right, but he whiffed on the picks. Now, I don't know if Greer could get all of that blame because we know when 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 Calvin Noy came in, Flo brought him in. Uh, Flo has some some say in, in about who he wanted and then who he didn't want. You lose Minka. You lose Calvin Noy the next year. That does a lot to the cap. It, it wasn't damaging. But yo, Greer, like, yo, what are you doing here? You messing with my job now. Fair, cool. Greer on the hot seat. He is, is we here. He's on the clock. I'm not, I'm not defending him like what what with everything. I'm not taking bullets for him. I promise you that. But I don't think he should get. I don't think he I don't think it was time to fire Greer yet. All right. You know what I'm saying? So all that being said, I'm gonna let Kadeem get in here because now we, we're gonna talk about what do we do from here. You know what I'm saying, what do we do now? What, 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 what's the next play? But yeah, man, hey, I'm it. Listen, I kind, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I wish I brought the snacks and kept them around, bro. Like, I'm, I'm enjoying myself, man. What, what you got, Kadeem? Well, it's, it's something which, and again, me and you have kind of gone back and forth in terms of him whiffing on the offensive line in terms of picks and stuff like that. Um, I disagree in the sense that he, he whiffed in. I guess the players, but he tried. Now again, there's no participation trophy in let me finish. There's no participation trophy in, in, in the NFL. None whatsoever. But the flip side is that over the past two years, when we're gonna we need, you know, we need to draft young offensive linemen in the top two rounds, that's what he's done. You know, at one point no, yeah, at one point last season, the offensive line was what a first round pick in Austin Jackson, a second round pick in Robert Hunt, and a fourth round pick in Solomon Kinley. And at the end of last season, we was going, This is starting to look good. Kinley was looking good. Hunt was looking good. Friend of the podcast, Austin Jackson was looking like Austin Jackson. And I'll just leave it at that. And then going into going into this season, he drafted Liam Eichenberg, who was someone which myself included was seen as a really good draft pick, a plug-and-play offensive tackle. Now, obviously, as the season went on, everyone else went like that, and Robert Hunt went like that. Now, I've said this before, and I'll get Avid's opinion, because obviously people on here listen to us. They can do that whenever they want. We've got to say my Dolphins guys on here. But just say the next head coach comes in and improves your offensive line, and you start seeing Eichenberg 
Jackson and Hunt all looking good again. Are we not going to turn around and say, well, one on Chris Greer for drafting those guys and shame on you, Brian Flores, for not coaching these guys up? Because again, I've made this point before. The Dolphins don't develop offensive linemen. They bring them in the building, they think, go elsewhere and look better. So what point do we stop blaming Chris Greer for that and start blaming the coaches? But as I'm saying this, I can see Aaron just going, <laughs> nope, not at all. So Aaron, what do you think? Well, first off, if if we go in the next season and all three of those guys are still on the starting offensive line, Chris Greer should be fired before the season starts. All three? Uh, which, which three are we talking about? We're talking about all Austin Jackson. I mean, look, I like Robert Hunt, and I yeah. obviously Eichenberg's not going yeah. anywhere. But if Austin Jackson is still in the starting lineup next year, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a major, major problem, especially with all of the cap space that we have. Uh, whoever the coach comes in whoever that is that's going to be the top priority is to get the offensive line in order um and i think they've got to throw money at it at this point they've they've had plenty of draft picks and they've whiffed we've covered that extensively every dolphins fan has covered that dolphins twitter dolphins podcast has covered it extensively how bad they have been at drafting these offensive linemen uh, as far as does does Chris Greer get a pass on it? No. I mean, Austin Jackson was a reach when they drafted him. Uh, and and the, like there weren't a lot of people that were in love with that pick. Liam Eikenberg, considering that the plan coming into this year was still to have Austin Jackson at left tackle and the plan was to have Robert Hunt play right tackle. To go out and not just draft Liam Eikenberg in the second round, but also give up a third round pick to trade up to draft another tackle. Like if if that guy doesn't come in and play at like a pro bowl level, that's a terrible pick. I mean, you're not giving up a third round pick and drafting and using a, a second round pick for a serviceable tackle. That That is way too much draft capital to give up for a serviceable player who now we're going to end up shifting. Is he a guard? Is he a tackle? Can he play tackle? That's a terrible pick. I, I like Robert Hunt. I think he's going to be a solid offensive lineman. But the, the, he's completely botched this thing. And it's not just that. I mean, Chris Greer, look, Charlie, you, you mentioned, look, he's been in the building for 20 years, but he was working under Tannenbaum. But there was a clear delineation of power for a few years there where Tannenbaum was in charge of the overall, you know, final roster, free agency contracts. Right. But Chris Greer was in charge of the draft. They've been drafting offensive linemen for years and years and years, and they cannot get this right. I don't think Dolphins ever had a lineman. Like, listen, if it wasn't for the the everybody know. First of all, Jake Long is is yo. If you look at the history of the first five picks in the draft, this it's like a ninety percent hit rate outside of quarterback because you know it's okay. It's quarterback. No one knows how to pick a quarterback. That's that's fair. All right. Outside of the quarterback position, it's like a 90% hit rate in the top five. You don't get credit for Jake Long. You get credit for not passing on him, but you don't get credit for, for picking him. You know what I'm saying? So outside of Jake Long, you had Tunsil. And Tunsil fell to you because of the right. the, 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 the video. 
The you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. you don't get that, bro. You, you So I feel, Aaron, bro, if anybody feel you, I feel you. You know what I'm saying? What? And, and what what my what my co-host Kadeem is on, I'm not on that. I'm not on it. <laughs> you know, you try it. You know, you don't get to just try it, bro. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I said this movie for that. But hey, hey Josh, Josh, let me so, ask you a question. Let me ask but, you a question, okay? Entering the 2021 offseason, right? After mm-hmm. the Dolphins got their, their butts handed to them in, in Buffalo last season, last yep. week of the season. What was, what were the biggest goals that the Dolphins needed to accomplish in terms of addressing their roster before the 21 season? What were the what were the primary goals? Tell me. Targets Give me three. for Tua and fix the O-line. I don't even need another Targets one. for Tua uh, and uh, fix and the, fix the O-line. line. Offensive line, targets for Tua, and yeah, running back. Running okay. back. Okay. Great. I, I, I consider that a target. Okay. I consider okay. that a target, but go ahead. Okay. So the, so the biggest three things that they needed to accomplish heading into the 2021 season was fix the offensive line, get targets for Tua, and get a running back. What are the three biggest things that the Dolphins <laughs> need to, to do hey. to get into the 22 season? I like they got to get targets. They got to get weapons for Tua. They got to find a running back, and they got to fix the damn offensive line. Bro, I feel you, bro. Listen, you so know what I mean? Here's my thing. Here's my thing. I, 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 got, I got something for you right here, though. How about this? Now, this, this is legit. Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley, Robert Hunt. I felt like all of those. I don't. I didn't feel like none of them were terrible last season. We not. Mm-hmm. We not talking about this season. Last season, none of them were terrible. You know sure. what I'm saying? So you would think. You, you would think. Okay, they're gonna take a step. You know what I'm saying? All right, we're gonna take a step. I thought Kinley was a better guard than Austin Jackson was. So if you're gonna pull Austin yep. Jackson, you need to just sit him. Don't take out a Solomon Kinley. You see what I'm saying? So now, what does it tell you that? The 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 whole O line. This is the whole O line now, and we gonna this. I'm gonna leave the punchline for, for last. You 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 take out your left tackle. You put them. We replace your left guard who was okay, right? Then you replace your center because you had uh Ted Karras who didn't come back. You were supposed to bring in Matt Scarra, didn't work out. Whatever. Robert Hunt is the only uh only thing to smile about on the O line, right? So what you're telling me is you don't have a left tackle. You, you don't have a left guard, apparently, because your left tackle is playing left guard. You don't have a center, and you don't have a right tackle, but you drafted a right tackle, right? Here's my thing. Why is Jesse Davis? Like, like even Jesse Davis has regressed. So how you get everybody regressing except for Robert Hunt? So, yeah, I understand that you can whiff, but this is more than just about a whiff. This is like, yo, I think that's coaching in there, too. The whole O-line yo, regress? I'm the whole the- O-line? That's the point I'm making. Like in in the in the nicest way possible, I'm not saying that Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley, Robert Hunt, and Liam Eikenberg are going to be Tristan Wirth, Quinton Nilsson, all pro like offensive linemen. I am not saying that. The point I'm making is that okay, Jackson was a reach, and you might have given up too much to get Eikenberg. But but like but like but, but like you said, even though we said fix the offensive line. I think for the most part, we kind of all said that if Jackson, Kinley and Hunt can take the necessary steps, they'll be fine to keep on starting. And I know Charlie had been a big proponent of Hunt can play tackle, but he's a better guard. Hence why it was like, take the centre and take the right tackle. Which is why why I was okay for Josh Meikenberg, who played left tackle in college, but was projected as a right tackle in the NFL. So... This is me with my Chris Greer. This is me being rational Chris Greer. 
I've got my left tackle being Austin Jackson, my left guard in Solomon Kinley, I've got my right guard in Robert Hunt, and Eichenberg will be my right tackle and I need a centre. And I think, again, even before a ball was snapped in the regular season, we were kind of like, okay, there might still be a few you know, bumps and bruises, but you have an, an offensive line which can grow together and get better together. And what no one saw, and which I don't blame Chris Greer when I blame the coaching, is like I said, everyone regressed. Everybody. Like, and again, there were people who, you know, who know more about the NFL than me, know more about college football than me, that were saying, I can, but again, coming out of day two of the NFL draft, people were going, did the Dolphins basically get four first round picks with the, with the first four picks? Because Waddle, Holland, Phillips, and to lesser than Eichenberg, everyone was like, they're probably first round talents. So well done, Dolphins. Chris Gray would get a pat on the back for those four picks, including Eichenberg. But no one, but then Eichenberg gets to the NFL, gets under Brian Flores, and it's like, you're playing left tackle. As you know, you're playing right tackle. Okay, now you're playing right guard. And you can kind of say, okay, well, you kind of want, you know, in case someone goes down, he can play all these things. Fair enough. But at the same time, keep it simple for him. Don't move around all too much. And that's probably part of the question. So to finish the point, could Chris Gray have picked better players? Charlie says it all the time. Take pick 26, pick 18, go go Tristan Wirfs. Don't mess around, do that. You could have done that. He didn't do that. It is what it is. But I still think... And I really hope that I'm proven right in this, that better coaching and the Dolphins have a, at best, top 22 offensive line with the guys we've got at the moment. Because I still think you can get something out of the guys I named. You might They're not going to get to Quinton Nelson type levels, but I still think in Austin Jackson, Hunt and Eichenberg, you can get good offensive linemen. And if that happens, we're going to turn back and go, that's not Greer's fault. That's Flores' fault. What do you think, Josh? Aaron, Aaron, Aaron yeah, hold on. I, I, I was going to yeah. give it to you. I was going to give it to you. But I also, um, I want I want us to all understand, regardless of if we think the line regressed or not, or who's good and who's not, no, whoever comes in now, the coach, they're going to have to go get a, 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 a right tackle and a, at least a center regardless, before they even see if, oh, these guys are already actually pretty good. You see what I'm saying? But I was going to give it to Josh or Aaron. You guys could take off. Uh, and wherever you take off after this point, go into uh, what do we do next? You know what I'm saying? Who, who are you interested in next as oh, far as a, a head coach? Sure. And we, we can get into what I think about head coaches. But I, I, I will say this. I guess if there's a silver lining in the current situation, and again, I'm working pretty hard to find find one at the moment because I'm you know pretty – you know, I've mentioned, you could probably tell how upset I am about the situation. But if there's a silver lining of the fact that the Dolphins find themselves in the same, basically the same spot heading into 2022 as they did in 2021. It's that if for whatever reason, if they are sticking with these same offensive linemen for another season and you're bringing in a, a new head coach. Right. And let's not forget that all the, you know, these offensive linemen that were drafted in 2020. Uh, they're on their third offensive line coach already. You know, whoever is coming in this year, they're going to be on their third offensive line coach. And fourth, that's already fourth, fourth coming in. They yeah, already fourth, had three. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Fourth, fourth coming in. So I think it's, they've actually already had four. The first one got fired like two days into the job. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a friggin' Benny Hill sketch at the coaching room at, 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 at 
Hard Rock Stadium. But at any rate, if there's a silver lining to be had, you know, and even if it's, and we can talk about the quarterback situation later if you want, we can get into that. But the bottom line is the Dolphins are in the same situation that they're in, that they were in last season as they go into this season. If they get through this next season and they haven't taken steps forward and these offensive linemen are still struggling, these same guys are still struggling and they still haven't gotten back to or and they're not producing at the level that you were expecting them to reach. And, you know, some of this other talent doesn't reach that level. And, and some of these key components of this roster that we like so much can't get it all together. And the team can't take that next step forward after one season of the new head coach. It's not on the head coach. And the answer will be clear where the problem lies. And so then knowing the Dolphins, it will be, well, then we'll get rid of Chris Greer, but we'll keep our head coach. And so we'll bring in a new general manager, Yeah, you know, whatever it is. So I, you know, I know you want to get on to who, who we want the Dolphins to bring in next. And quite frankly, the guy that I was most excited about the Dolphins potentially bringing in appears to be a guy that they have no interest in. And that's Doug Peterson. They, they seem to have no interest in him. Wild, ain't it? it? Which is, which is wild. It seems like the Dolphins have a predilection for guys that they know that have worked with them in some way, shape or form. And even though Peterson meets that requirement, he ticks that box. Um, you know, they, they don't, they don't want to do that. They don't want to bring him in for whatever reason. So, uh, of the guys that we know that they're looking at, it's Brian Dable, it's Dan Quinn, it's uh, Leslie Frazier, it's Vance Joseph, Mike McDaniel, who is like the, the hot name right now. Everybody's really into Mike McDaniel. Uh, I'm looking for a coach that's done it before. Who's been a head coach before, who's been in the seat. The Dolphins have brought in what four straight first time head coaches and it's time for them to bring in somebody who has been in the big chair before and who has, you know, who's got a little bit of experience. And, you know, of those guys, Dan Quinn has been to the big dance. He went all the way to the Super Bowl. And granted, we know his team blew a 25 point second half lead to a certain team from the Boston area, but he got them there. And granted, things kind of fell apart right after that. Yeah. But he is a guy who has been lauded by because of his ability to bring in a staff, to build a staff. And in fact, I was reading a thing today that where there's not a lot of details about it. But the, the talk is that this is a guy who has names lined up already to come in. And part of it, part of it, my, my, what I, my dream is that you bring in Dan Quinn. He's the head coach and that he can also somehow bring Mike McDaniel in to be the offensive coordinator, That's get him to take that sideways step. I don't like, mind uh, a pipe dream. Let's go. pipe dream for a I'm second. A, I'm allowed to have fantasies on this, a podcast. Come yeah, on. this also, Aaron, get, well, get let's, with let's it, Let's go get Tony Dungy then. For <laughs> I don't want Tony, Tony Dungy. <laughs> let's go Let's go. Uh, get, get into the time machine. Go Go into like the late 60s and early 70s and, and woo uh, Don Shula. With now our we're time talking. machine, let's go to come to come back and and coach the Dolphins. You know, fifty years from now, and say, hey, look, look, you're gonna miss out on you know two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but we've got two of, and and that's gonna be the <laughs> and and that's gonna be your greatest accomplishment. You're gonna be look, you're gonna retire as the all time winningest coach, but that's nothing because you're gonna get the opportunity to coach Tua. Uh, 
if, if we're going to sit here and do the pipe dream thing, look, that's not going to happen. Dan Quinn, look, you, you, you hire Dan Quinn, he might be able to put together a nice staff. That, that might happen, and that's a legit, rational reason to, to consider him. Personally, um, he doesn't excite me. I look at the way that he coached that game defensively, that playoff game uh, against the, the 49ers, and I thought Shanahan and, and company, you know, coached circles around him. And, That's fair. And to me, you look at what he did in his tenure at Atlanta, in Atlanta, the Super Bowl aside, I mean, you, you could focus on the Super Bowl and say, hey, he's a choke artist. He choked in that, in that big moment. But – uh, you know, he got the team there in that in that one season, and and then where did the team go from there? It just it faltered. He never did anything with it. Uh, he he took over uh, a machine that was, you know, ready made offensively. He was a defensive minded head coach, and he, he, his defense really never took hold in Atlanta. They were carried where they were by, you know by Matt Ryan and, and Julio Jones. So I don't really think that Dan Quinn ever really made a huge impact in things in his time in Atlanta. Um, so who's your guy? <laughs> well, the thing is that I'm not, none of these guys excite me. The only guy that to me that made sense when they fired Flores was Jim Harbaugh, because there's a guy that has done it has done it at a high level, has rebuilt a team, is a great offensive mind, will certainly focus on being a physical team and building the offensive line. Uh, I thought he's the perfect fit. He's, uh, you know, Stephen Ross's guy. And now Stephen Ross is like, well, I don't want to be the one to take him from Michigan. So he's going to let him walk and he's going to end up in Vegas. Right. And we're going to be watching the, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, you know, make the playoffs and and be the the team that overtakes that division when Kansas City has to rebuild because that's got to happen at some point. Uh, and the Dolphins will just sit there wallowing in mediocrity. Uh, that said, uh, I you know the uh, the assistant coach from San Francisco. I think if you're gonna of all of the candidates, he's the one that is the most exciting to me because I think you need an offensive minded head coach. You need somebody that is going to have a creative play design. And secondly, if you're going to win with Tua, because he is a limited quarterback, no matter what you say, look, I think you can win with Tua. But you have to at least admit there are certain things on the football field that he's not going to be able to do. If you think bringing Brian Dable in is is just all of a sudden going to turn Tua into Josh Allen, well, you're going to be sorely mistaken come preseason or come week one next year when you see that Tua still, you know, is fluttering 40-yard passes out there and is not throwing it on a frozen rope like Josh Allen. And that's going to change the way that Brian Dable has to call the game. Um, but that said, I look at what San Francisco was doing with Kyle Shanahan, who is arguably the best off the best young offensive mind in the game right now from a play design standpoint from a you know motion standpoint from a conceptual offensive standpoint i see an innovative running game i see a team that has different running backs every single year and still finds a way to be near the top of the league when it comes to running the football 
and then in spite of having Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback, still manages to be a pretty effective offense. I Now, the, the, the problem is, is you, you take his assistant, who isn't even calling the plays, and you, and you throw him in there. Are you getting Kyle Shanahan 2.0? Or are you getting Joe Philbin when you took Joe Philbin from the Packers uh, and and took him away from Aaron Rodgers, and you realize, oh, this guy is nothing. This guy was just, you know, essentially a puppet. And now we put him in there. And then the other thing that you have to take into consideration is he's not coming in to be an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Brian Flores is a great defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. a great defensive coach. But you have to be able to manage both sides of the ball. And Brian Flores could not manage to do that. So what I think they need to do, I think at this point, like I said, none of these guys excite me. But if you if you bring in a bright offensive mind to be the head coach, you need to have a stabilizing force at defensive coordinator, an experienced, proven defensive coordinator, because otherwise – you run the risk of, okay, you bring in this offensive coordinator, you bring in all this we- these weapons, you spend a bunch of money in the offseason on the offensive side of the football, but then, th- then does the defense look like it looked the first half of this season when everybody thought that the defense was going to pick up right where it left off the season before, and it was like the 29th-ranked defense for half of the season? Was your guy Eric Bieniemy? Is that who you're leaning towards? I think it's interesting that Bienemy has been this hot name for like three or four years now and mm-hmm. hasn't gotten the job. I, I don't know. I mean, like I'm not in the room. I don't mm-hmm. know how that works, but I, but I also know that how much of the offensive credit for Kansas city can you give to Eric Bienemy when he's got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, Tyreek Hill, Nicole right. Hardman, all these guys. And then and you Andy still Reed have Andy on a headset. Reed there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who you got, Kadeem? Head coach. Who um, you leaning towards? I genuinely have no idea. I was also of the impression that listen, this isn't a team which needs a full rebuild. This isn't a team where you, where you you know where you can bring in or it's in a team that needs a young offensive coach and you're going to bring in all these pieces and they're all going to grow together as in Kumbaya and you know burn sausages on the campfire, all that kind of stuff. This is a team which like like we've said, two seasons in a row have been one game away from the playoffs. It's got a not an old defense, but you know a lot of players on that side of the ball are well established. They know what they're doing and stuff like that. To me, this team screams a Doug Peterson, a Brian Harbour, someone like that. You can go. Do you know what? Let me sprinkle in a bit of direction, and you guys are going to be fine. Going into this season, we were like, if the offense can get slightly better and the defense can stay the same or even slightly regress playoffs easily that hasn't happened so like Alan was saying you don't want to get into a situation where you bring in a Brian Dable a Mike McDaniel and the offense improves leaps and bounds but the defense just completely tanks and again to a situation where every single week it's you know a back and forth game and everyone knows I love Tua but you're relying on Tua to you know throw for four, 500 yards and, you know, three or four touchdowns per game just to keep it, you know, 
a a close game. Let, let, no, we're not, we're not talking about winning by three touchdowns. We're talking about you know trying to take a two point lead or a three point lead going into the fourth quarter and stuff like that. So I still want the the vet guy, but it's not going to happen. And I think if I'm going to trust a young, you know what? I go back and forth. On, on one episode, I'll say Mike McDaniel. You know, you bring in the bright, young kid who doesn't eat vegetables and, you know, is a really intriguing person. You hope that, you know, he can sprinkle some of that 49ers magic. But like what Adam was saying, it's not like he's calling the plays. So he might come in and be like, actually, I'm completely overwhelmed by this. And again, as you've said, you know, I think Five Ali said it as well, as well as Aaron, we don't just need an offensive coordinator. You know, Mike McDaniel would have been a great hire last season as offensive coordinator because the defense would have kept on doing what it's doing, but you have an offensive coordinator who has some idea of what he's doing as opposed to what we had this year. Um, so, but then I guess I'm probably then leaning towards Brian Dable because at least he's has called an offense. He has ties to not just the Dolphins, but Tua. Um, and again, you're kind of, the people who have made the valid point that, well, when Brian Dable was a federal coordinator, Tua wasn't the starter. And obviously we know what happened at the end of the season, but for the most part, he wasn't working with Tua. However, you now start to see these articles where actually during that season, Brian Dable was saying, we need to start Tua. Tua is a better guy. I can do more with Tua than I can with this other kid. It didn't happen. You know, Nick Saban isn't going to listen to his offensive coordinator. He's going to do what he wants. In the end, Tua won that job and ascended to what everyone in college hasn't worked out in the NFL as of yet. Um, people have pointed out that for all of Brian Dable's time in Buffalo and the NFL, I think it's only been the past two years he's had a top five top five offense. And that's basically because Josh Allen basically turned into the Monstars from Space Jam, where everyone just like, this kid isn't accurate. This kid looks like he's going to just be, you know, not going to get a second contract because this isn't going to work out. And he came back year three like, okay, wow, this kid can play. And even then he was like, it's not, you know, it's it's a one season wonder. Next season, it's not going to be the same. And it's the same. So fair play to Josh Allen. So, you know, you bring him to Miami where there's not much of a one game. The offensive line is what it is. And outside of Jalen Waddle and Matt Collins, your receivers spend most of the time, you know, looking after themselves with niggling injuries. You know, well well done to Will Fuller for was it four catches, twenty six yards. Xavier Howard had more Shout touchdowns. Shout out Will Fuller. Yeah, <laughs> Xavier Howard has more touchdowns and receptions than Will Fuller this year. That shouldn't be a thing. That should not be a thing. <laughs> hey, so, so, so feet to the fire. You're picking Brian Dable. Yeah. All right. Feet, feet to the fire. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go here. <clears throat> yeah, I gotta I'm, hear. I gotta hear who you're looking for, Charlie. I need listen, to know. Listen, and just I, to I, clarify, I, to answer that question that you asked, like, who is my guy? It's yeah. not the enemy. Mike McDaniel. Of all the guys, I okay. probably go Mike McDaniel. All right. So I'm a pipe dream, real quick. You know what I'm saying? Not, a, not Let's too go. Long, but I'm Let's pipe go. dreaming. You know what I'm saying? And I, I said it already. I'm gonna say it again. You, if you have to trade. If you have to be that team that has oh, I know traded, where you're going already. If, I know, you, you know, you you haven't the, the NFL hasn't seen a head coach traded in in 17 years type thing. 
why not now? You know what I'm saying? You go get Sean Payton and say, say, (laughs) like, yo, whatever you want, bro. Like, you come here and we will pay you the highest of any coach in, in, in American football, right? And then when when Belichick gets a raise or Andy Reid gets a raise, you get a raise. You would never be, you know what I'm saying? You're the highest paid head coach for, for as long as you want to be. And you come and you have full control. Chris Greer sits back and, and becomes one of those GMs that worked under Peyton Manning. Who who are, who are those guys? You know what I'm saying? Like who, who like Indianapolis coach didn't need an office coordinator, didn't need a GM, didn't need a head coach. They had Peyton Manning to do everything. You know what I'm saying? And still somehow only got two rings out of it. One wing out of it. One yeah. ring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Still only got one ring out of it. So nah, that's pipe dreaming, and it's not gonna happen. So I, I really did want, I do want Sean Payton. Um, and at first, I will be very candid. I wanted uh Peterson. I did want Peterson. Offensive mind, I think he got the um he got the the Todd Haley effect and bro, and he won really, a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Listen, you know what I'm saying? You feel me? And, and then that 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 coaching staff went haywire, and I think it was a Todd Haley effect in there. Too many chefs in the kitchen, and pizza. I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? And then and then did what he did at the last game of the, of the season on his way out. So hey, <laughs> I think, my man, yeah, I, I think I, I think Todd Peterson. Uh, I said Todd Peterson. I think uh, Doug, Dougie, Danny and Dougie. You feel me? So Let's go. get Danny and Dougie back in the same building. I, I like Peterson, but I don't think that's happening either. And I want to be very clear. I was on the side of everybody said, Arthur, you guys said it. We need experience. We yes. need someone who's been around, someone who can who can manage a staff. If it keeps turning over, they can put solid pieces in play. I wanted that at first. I still want that, but I don't think we're going to get it. Now, thing is, here's why I'm with Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh and Caldwell, uh, Jim Caldwell, I think uh, I, I turned the corner on them. And this is recent. This is not, this is, this is like, I had a week to digest Brian Flores isn't the coach no more. So maybe it might be different next week. I don't know. But I've turned the corner on Wanton Harbaugh and, and Caldwell. I believe as an older head coach, the game is a little bit different now. And I'm not just talking about, oh, well, look how old Andy Reid is. I'm talking about they've been out of the game for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then to come back into the game, you weren't in it to see the, the changes of, your 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 Kyler Murray's and 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 Lamar Jackson's and Josh Allen's, you know what I'm saying? I, and I feel like the game, and not by much. I don't think it left them by much. I think they're just eh. You're gonna miss the bus. You gotta wait for the next one. So I think that I I'm I'm, I'm I don't want to go Harbaugh or or Caldwell. Feet to the fire. Today, I'm taking Dayball, but I am very 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 very. Very, very, very intrigued by Mike McDaniel. And, me, and, and, and yeah, I got you right now, Josh. And I know I know what you said, Aaron, about oh, how do we know we're not getting the uh the lemon? This doesn't do anything, right? But history might as well shows swing for the fences. History shows Kyle Shanahan will not let this man out of his sight. He gave him the OC job and a raise and everything. Like he is an intricate process to the Kyle Shanahan offense. So for that. I am interested in like, all right, well, what what else we got? You know what I'm saying? And, and I, I'm going to be very clear. I'm a, I'm as optimistic as they come, bro. Like, yeah, you guys probably don't really, really know me, but I'm as optimistic as, as, they, as they are. And I, I'm hesitant that the Dolphins will get this right. Let Go me ahead, throw bro. an oh, idea. Oh, so this is a wild idea. 
but I think there's this could be sort of a solution. Um, I don't know that it would work, but Jim Caldwell, you could name him your off your your head coach, and he's a guy that you know stepped away a couple of years ago because of health problems. He's an obviously an older head coach. I think he's got some ties to where he can bring in a good staff. And what if you were to hire Jim Caldwell as your your head coach? Would you be able to convince um, somebody like a Mike McDaniel that come in, you'll be the assistant head coach <laughs> and and you can take over for for uh, Jim Caldwell when the, the the missing ingredient in this is the idea that the Dolphins can hire a head coach and then have stability enough to say, Hey, in two years, this guy's going to still be around to step aside and let you uh, right. take, take over. Because as we sit here, we started this show talking about Chris Greer, like we're not even certain that Chris Greer is going to be the GM next year. So we might be blowing the whole thing up. Well, I, I got, shade thrown at me a minute ago because I suggested that Dan Quinn could hire Mike McDaniel to be his offensive coordinator. And at least there's a pre-existing relationship there. Well, because that's a lateral move, but he's not going to be named assistant head coach. Assistant head coach. That's like executive producer. or That's like, you know, associate producer. Like that's like, (laughs) we're just going to throw a title on you. We're going to give you an executive producer credit. We're can gonna, I, you could you could stand there and look important, right? Listen, and, and and granted, listen, trust me. If there's anybody I would love to see on the sideline in the Dolphins polo, you know, you know, looking, you know, with his big Nick Kroll energy, is Mike McDaniel. Okay, I, I'm like that's fantastic. Okay, I'm into it. But listen, here's the and maybe the producer can look this up. Yeah. Because this is my concern, because you guys have said you like Mike McDaniel, and I do. I'm excited by the prospect of Mike McDaniel, and and quite frankly, I like the prospect of Brian Dable, although, you know, I agree that there is that possibility that, you know, he's doing wonderful things right now with the Bills and Josh Allen, who is a freak uh, athlete that the Dolphins passed on previously, by the way. Um, We didn't pass on it. Well, depends how you you look at it. I look at it like we passed on him. He get uh, Buffalo traded ahead of us to get him. Yeah, well, and the Dolphins were clearly not drafting a quarterback in that draft anyway, because the other guy that they liked in that draft that they also passed on was Lamar Jackson. So, um, you know, neither here nor there. But maybe the producer can look this up for me. When was the last time, who was the last head coach that won the Super Bowl in their first job as a head coach? That's that's the question. Who was the last head coach who did that? John Gruden? Was it Gruden? So how? How far back are no, we going now? No, because Gruden didn't win with the Raiders. He didn't. No, no. He, you said head coach that won in his first year with a new in team. His fir- not in his first year. Not in his first year with a new team. His Tomlin, He I won a see. Super Bowl in his first head coaching job. Oh, first Tomlin? head coaching job. Yeah, that, that would be Tomlin. Gotta so, be. so this is what we're talking about. So how long has it been? Sean Payton. I mean, Caldwell won it. Caldwell won. But you no, know, Caldwell didn't win. Caldwell got there. Wait, did oh, Caldwell, Caldwell didn't? No, Caldwell. I guess he didn't. Yeah, no, he didn't. No, Manny, Dungy, Manny won with Dungy. Dungy won with Manny the, won with the Dungy, point yeah. I'm making. The point I'm making <laughs> is that you look at these head coaches who are winning Super Bowls. These are guys that have learned someplace else, failed, 
been fired and gone on to greener pastures somewhere else and had a second chance and gotten it right. Because it's not about, and, and I know there's a, a, a list of Super Bowl, you know, uh, Sean McVay, uh, other guys that have made the Super Bowl, right? But I'm not interested. I mean, I, I am interested in making the Super Bowl. I love the Dolphins <laughs> to be in the Super Bowl. But what? that's not my goal. That's right. That's not the goal. The goal isn't to make the Super Bowl. And if you listen to Dolphins Twitter, they're like, we almost made the playoffs. We almost got everything we wanted. I'm like, no, we didn't. John <laughs> Making the playoffs, good job. We made the playoffs five years ago with, with, and had Matt Moore at quarterback. Good job. Congratulations. The goal is to win a Super Bowl and to lift that Lombardi trophy, right? And so sure. my concern with Brian Dable and Mike McDaniel, is, as, as positive as I view them, right, my concern with those guys is that they, and especially coming into this specific position, this specific opening, there is zero margin for error for them to learn how to be the head coach on the job. They don't, they don't have that opportunity, right? They don't get the, the year that Brian Flores got where he was like, well, when they, he had was running defensive players out there who didn't know one another's name for the first five weeks of the season, losing by 40-something points. This head coach can't afford that. This head coach is coming into a situation where he has to win immediately. And so if you're bringing in a rookie head coach, first-time head coach, obviously you're looking for any opportunity that you can get. But again, if you're getting that opportunity, if you're getting an opportunity to be the head coach, I, I, again, it speaks to that idea of what is the more attractive opportunity? Yeah, maybe there is an opportunity to go right here and say, yeah, I've, I've won the Super Bowl with, with this team that you know was built for me. I walked right into this opportunity, but there's a, a whole other set of pressures that come into that and pitfalls that come with that. And I that's what I we're talking some, about. I think I got something that could relieve those pressures. And let me let me hear your opinion on this uh, to our guests. You know what I'm saying? I think Kadeem knows where we keep the glasses. So this goes to the guests first. Here's it's about Dayball coming. He's going to bring Ken Dorsey, I, I suspect. And Ken Dorsey would be the offensive coordinator. Ken Dorsey, longtime Miami Hurricane. Uh, the Dolphins were interested in making Ken Dorsey the OC last season. Mm -hmm. So that was that's an interesting. Uh, you get the, you get to damage your opponent on the way out. You see, what I'm saying yes. just by and taking him and, and maybe perk. maybe Josh Allen regresses to what he was as a rookie, right? But let me ask you guys this: How would you feel? If we're going first-time head coach, and this is one of the things that may make the job a little unattractive, but if you bring back Boyer, Josh Boyer, on the defense and keeps the defense intact, the same defense, you did the same thing. Because I am under the impression that when, we, when the defense came out the first six games and looked like a whole new defense, like, what are we doing here? I don't think Josh Boyer has the enough rope to make that decision. I think that was a Flores decision that went wrong. And he's like, yo, we gotta, we gotta, we got we gotta go back to what we're used to. Shout out to uh, Five Yard Lee and 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 Xavier Howard said, oh, now we back to our defense. So if Josh Boyer is 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 the reason why our defense is so good, not saying Flo didn't have nothing to do with it, but I'm saying Flo tried to change it and then got back to what we were doing. If Josh Boyer could keep that defense intact, would you be interested in keeping Josh Boyer as a D, as a DC and bringing on a, a, a McDaniel or a Dable? Maybe, but I don't view it the way that you view it. I actually view it exactly the opposite uh, because you, there was a distinct change midway through the season where you could look at the sideline and all of a sudden you could, Brian Flores would never say it because he wasn't trying to throw his defensive coordinator under the bus, 
but it certainly looked like what changed defensively was that Brian Flores started calling the plays and Brian Flores had more of his hands in the process on the defense. And so if that was the case, well then maybe, you know, Boyer isn't such a great defensive coordinator, but I will say this, that Boyer being there for the last few years, if you're trying to keep the continuity of the defense Mm -hmm. and Boyer, if there is a relationship problem with, with Flores, because I think Flores is going to get another job. I don't know if it's going to be the Giants. I don't know if it's going to be this season. But if Flores gets another job and him and Boyer are still tight, then I would imagine that he, given that like who's going to want to be Brian Flores' defensive coordinator at this point, yeah. he would just take Boyer with him. Uh, but if he doesn't take Boyer with him, then I think it's it's a legit idea. But what I would think is I look at a guy who is – as well established as anybody as far as defensive coordinator so much so so much so that he parlayed it into a head coaching job and i look at a guy like mike zimmer and i say well this guy is now a free agent if you bring in a bright offensive minded head coach i want an experienced defensive coordinator like a mike zimmer or maybe even a vic fangio uh to come in and be your defensive coordinator I'm gonna let you go, Josh. But I gotta. I, I, if if Boyer, it was on Boyer, then yeah, we don't need him. You know what I'm saying? If it was the first six games, boy, there's no reason for you to be here. We already seen you. Now, but but what I'm saying is, Aaron, with everything that has come out about how controlling Brian Flores is, you think he let that go for six games and was one in six and said, or seven games and was one in six and said, all right, Boyer, I'm, I'm gonna take over now. Nah, I don't. I, that's why I don't think it was it was a uh, it was it was Boyer. I think Flo decided to change it up and then you know it, it backfired but before I, I go ahead Josh I'm um how about this why can't we just bring in a OC and pay him like three times what he makes and have everybody happy like yeah you're the OC here but you get you're the highest paid OC in the league you know what I'm saying like what 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 is this this thing about oh we, we get you get a million dollars a year like, bro, Brian Flores got, I think, five, uh, something like that, five million a year. Why can't we go find an OC, whatever OC we want, and say, hey, you're getting 3.5? Like, be happy. You know what I'm saying? Come, come, like, change it up, break the mold. We're not doing this. You know what I'm saying? But I, look, look, when Kadeem told me, yo, the homies are coming to the show. You know what I'm saying? Y'all was homies. Y'all didn't even know it. You didn't know it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all like, man, you know what I'm saying? I take my showers. No, 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 no nonsense. But I take my shower, man. I listen to the show like, hey, man, these are my boys. You feel me? <laughs> and so look, so look, you know what I'm saying? I needed to know where you were going with that, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I cook, too. I cook, too. I drive. I do all the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I listen to y'all show. But when he told me we was going to, y'all, y'all was going to chop it up with us, I'm like, bro, this could be a three-hour show, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but <laughs> we're not going to let it be a three-hour show. We're about to get into bonus time. Um, but before we go into bonus time, you guys tell us where where tell everyone where they can find you again. Uh, go ahead. So you can find me at Aaron the Brain on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much exclusively where where you can find me. Um, obviously, we'll we'll be doing our show, the same old Dolphin show, which can be found on the Dolphins Talk uh, YouTube network and on DolphinsTalk.com on the main feed. 
I don't know exactly how regular our shows will be over the off season. Maybe it'll be once a week. Maybe it'll be every other week, and we'll we'll just kind of figure it out. But if you follow us on Twitter, whether it's at Same Old Dolphins or at Aaron the Brain, or you follow Josh at Amplified to Rock, you'll get the updates and you'll know when we're going live. And I don't even feel like I need to plug myself after that. <laughs> you can find me at Amplified to Rock on Twitter. Follow the show at Same Old Dolphins. Uh, as Aaron mentioned, we're part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, so we're up on. Uh, Dolphins Talk has a YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube.com and, and do a search for Dolphins Talk, you can find the Dolphins Talk channel. Subscribe, like all the videos, turn on the notifications so you know when we go live because we typically will do our show live on YouTube. Uh, and, you know, Mike and Tom and the other guys, uh, Ian, Big E, will, they'll do their shows live on the network as well on occasion. So uh, you don't want to miss any of that stuff. We Lots of good content over there at Dolphins Talk. Uh, yeah, and you... You, you can find me on Twitter. I'll be I I'll be tweeting about everything. I'm 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 on there all the time. Aaron, you know, every once in a while. I like to while. take breaks. I like he likes to, to take breaks. breaks. He likes to creep every once in a while. He'll show up on YouTube in the comments to put somebody in their place, like he did uh, after our last episode. It was good. I recommend it. Go check it out. Hmm. Uh, he put somebody in his place. It was nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'll be I'll be on Twitter tweeting about Manchester United. The odd pro wrestling tweet here and there but i'm yeah well who knows if there will be baseball probably not this season but i'm i'm there all the time so you can find me on twitter at amplified to rock let's go we appreciate you fellas don't go nowhere we're going into bonus time y'all know what time it is stay positive test negative for kadeem simmons and casker josh casker same old dolphins thank you for tuning in this time Make sure you catch us next time on Go Time. Already. Gotta make them lose their mind when it's your time. And it's show time. Going all out when it's go time. I ain't wasting no time. Gotta make them lose their mind when it's show time. Cause it's your time. Lay it on the line when it's go time. Don't waste no time. What's happening? What's going on, man? Hey, yeah, I, I just I just found out I stayed down the street from your brother, man. Yeah, I, well, I, I, well, it's one of your episodes you were talking not too long ago, and you started talking like I don't know if you mentioned like you were like Miramar Parkway, and I was like, dude, this dude lives like right where we used to live. Oh yeah, man. Hey, look, listen. You talked about that. the busiest intersection, flamingo. <laughs> oh, and Pine oh yeah, yeah. So 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 <laughs> so for those about. for those for those who don't know, um. I was born and raised in South Florida, and at one point in the country, Flamingo and Pines Boulevard was the most dangerous intersection in the country. That's right. And this, and and it alternated with a, a intersection not even eight minutes away from that intersection, and that was 441 and County Line Road. And they, mm-hmm. they, those were the two most dangerous intersections in the country. And yeah, I guess Josh had caught me on the, on the podcast and said that. Go ahead, Aaron. And and there was another one, and it was actually up in like West Palm Beach or Boca or something. And it was Glades and oh, yeah. like 441 or something like that. Yeah. And those two intersections had two things in common. A huge high school because – you know pines and flamingo had you know on taft you had flanagan right there yeah yeah and then up in boca you had i don't know some big like some some big high school like 
I, I forget which one it was because yeah. I'm not up there. Maybe Palm Beach Garden. I don't remember. But anyway, but you had a big high school and Century Village. No, nah. that's right, baby. Yeah, nah. old people. Old people no driving. You had where the a bunch is. of teenagers no and a bunch of old people. It's a recipe for disaster. Right. And I tell people when they come to Florida, they say, oh, you guys can't drive. I like, see, that's the problem. You have to drive like us or you're going to be the problem. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. Hey, look, man, we, we got this new thing. It's, it's um, And I think you guys are going to like this one because I, I listened to your show. And I think had we talked about this early on the show, it would it it would have went off the rails. So the the tweet of the the tweet of the day is is oh, this no. one right here. Oh no! So we got if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, check this out on the on the YouTube at Go Time Dolphins. Share, like, subscribe, turn on notifications for us at Go Time Dolphins. Uh, we got a picture of Joe Burrow see in a Miami Dolphins jersey. And the original tweet says, where would we, we be right now if, our, if Joe Burrow was our quarterback? Fins up. Shout out to Chris Adams for that one. And someone quote tweeted, what's, what's the tweet? What's at tweet Petrie? Petrie. Tweet Petrie. My bad, bro. So at tweet Petrie said, watching Tua in the playoffs on another team and talking about if we need to trade Joe Burrow. And listen. I don't even I could just hand it to you guys because this is exactly what I think. I believe if we drafted anyone else, we could have drafted Herbert, we could have drafted Burrow, and our team would have failed them. And we'll be doing the same exact thing we are right now until we'll be performing somewhere else. So to our guests, Aaron, you go first. What do you think we would be had we drafted Joe Burrow today? Today, where would uh, we I be? think we'd be right where the Bengals are. Uh I think. That's where we would be. But the problem is, is that's not where we're at. And there's a lot of reasons why we're not there. Uh, but really, this goes back to a couple of years ago when we decided that it was more important to play Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, and win meaningless football games than it was to tank to get to the number one pick. Because all we had to do was lose to the Bengals that year. And we had the number one pick. And then Joe Burrow is our quarterback. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that Joe Burrow is a product of the Bengals great coaching staff. (laughs) (laughs) So I I believe that Joe Burrow is a legitimately really great quarterback. And frankly, all you had to do was look at when the two matched up that year uh, in college, Joe Burrow was the better quarterback then. Joe Burrow is the better quarterback now. Josh? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, I I mean, I tend to agree with Aaron, but I get the point that this guy's making in the tweet. I mean, I totally get it. The point is the Dolphins don't know how to develop players, right? And you've got – this is exactly what I would say to the people who are slamming Chris Greer for keeping the 49ers pick – um, in the trade back to move up to six and, uh, and, and, or trading our pick and keeping the Niners pick in the trade that we that we did to move up to six to get, uh, Waddle. Waddle, right. Um, people are saying, well, we should have just stayed where we were originally and we could have drafted Jamar Chase. And I'm like, bro, if you watch what the Dolphins did with Jalen Waddle, knowing what that, man's skill set is do you really believe that george godsey 
and Eric Studisville would have somehow implemented the offense where you would have seen Jamar Chase running, you know, just straight post patterns down the field and that you got two just chucking up long shots to Jamar Chase. You really think that that's what you'd see? You'd see him putting up the same kind of numbers with the Dolphins? No. You'd see you'd see the Dolphins you'd see the Dolphins doing the same stupid stuff with Jamar Chase that they were doing with Jalen Waddle for all of the season, <laughs> right? And it probably would work a little bit less because you know Waddle and Tua mm-hmm. had that thing uh, that they were on the same page. So I mean, yeah, I so I I tend to agree with this guy. I get it. The Dolphins suck at developing talent, right? It's like it with the Dolphins when it comes to their players. The Dolphins have proven fairly consistently that every once in a while they can catch lightning in a bottle with with a you know a pick that's later in the draft um and they can hit on those but more often than not they fail to develop talent and if they draft a project they can't do anything to make that project reach the potential that they want to reach with and no igbenogany yeah no igbenogany is a case in point right it's like they've just they just fail to do it so I mean, I, I get it, but I, I do believe that if the Dolphins had actually drafted Joe Burrow and, and shout out Chris Adams, because I, I like Chris always trying to stir some stuff up with, with the <laughs> with the photoshops on Twitter. We he got I, I seen he put out Aaron Rodgers in a Dolphins jersey and he's I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's happening. But uh Burrow looks uh, good in that throwback. Though. I mean he does. Uh, like Burrow looks a lot better in that number nine in the throwback than uh Igbenogany does. What's what's he got, uh Kadeem? Oh, um, I think there's a play which hopefully Sports Center works for me without playing sound, and it does. That is beautiful. So, this is the first time I'm going to share a a video. Um, I think I think to answer the case in point, we probably would be in the exact same situation. We'd be looking at, at um, you know, from 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 the outside looking in, going. That Tua could look pretty decent, and why didn't we take him and stuff like that? But I think ultimately, to kind of side it, so I, that is what I that's what I think. I think would be an outside looking in, we would have missed the playoffs. But I also think there's certain points in Tua's game in Joe in Joe Burrow's game which we're never going to see from Tua. And I said this to share with Steve, and I'll share the video with you guys now. Um, hopefully, we don't get taken down. On we're not the copyright holder of this video. No. Um. So if you're watching on YouTube, this is a pass against the Raiders from Joe Burrow. I don't know who's who he's passing to, but what to me, two two would throw the check down to Mixon to live another day. Looks like Boyd. In that absolute dark. Oh, it's Uzama. Uzama. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think if we had made the players with Burrow, it's because Burrow makes passes like that. Burrow's like, I'm trusting my guy, and I'm making that throw. Tua is. Throwing the and again, again, I love Tua. Like you all, everyone knows, I love Tua. But Tua is probably throwing the check down to Mixon and going pick up four or five yards, and we'll you know we'll keep on going and stuff like that. And watching this video, obviously, it hurts Dolphins fans because we're just like, why can't our quarterback do that? And I just I ain't gonna lie, Tua does do that with with Kiseki. Like we, I, I got two two other plays where with this is very similar to. And it's actually the tight end too. But go ahead, Kadeem, my bad. I didn't mean to hit you. No, no, no. Again, because, again, when people say, well, Tua can't make those kind of throws, my response would be, well, look at the touchdown against the Chiefs to Matt Zicky, where he mm-hmm. throws it between, like, three players, and you go, do you know what? Yeah, fair play. Um, 
But I just think for the most part, he's more of a safer quarterback. And I think to kind of go back to whole, you know, Jamar Chase v. Jalen Waddle and stuff like that. I reckon had we drafted Chase and kept two other even if we use Chase the way the Bengals use Jamar Chase, I still think there'll be times where you're just like, Tua, just let it rip. Like, or let it rip to the best of your ability. And I just think that the limitations of Tua means that you have to just scheme things differently and the way you use players has to be different as well. And I think someone like Joe Burrow, probably because he's got more velocity in his throws, is willing to take those chances to his, you know, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chases and stuff like that. And, I, and again, this is probably like the most negative I'm going to be back to until he, you know, breaks my heart and joins another team, at which point I'm going to say he's, he's always been awful. But, but, but I just think that as Dolphins fans, we're just not going to see that kind of play from Tua. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't win with Tua. Like, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, I still think had we drafted Joe Burrow, we would be outside of the playoffs. But we probably would have seen more plays like that, which have actually made up, which we might have got into the playoffs, if that makes sense. So here's my thing. Here's my thing. And, and Aaron, since since you said, like, you you are the, the voice of everyone who says we should have took Burrow. When you said what you said, like your response, it was the perfect, yo, we took Burrow, we'll be in the playoffs, and I get it. So here's my thing. S- since you're going to represent that 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 um, constituency, right, right now, help me understand this. Now, this is a legit question. If Burrow has Boyd, Higgins, and Chase and a running game, Right, we understand Burrow does not have a line, but he has a running game, and he also has three weapons. Where his third option would be Miami's second option right now. That is not even exaggeration. Help me understand if Joe Burrow was here in Miami, how would Higgins, the Higgins, the Boyd, and the and the Chase and the Joe Mixon of the Miami Dolphins? I guess Higgins, Chase, Mixon. And Boyd lists Dolphins. How would Joe Burrow be able to get that to the to the playoffs? Well, I mean, Tyler Boyd is whatever. I mean, he he's been there for years. I'm not saying he's a bad player, mm-hmm. but it's not like Tyler Boyd is like this huge difference maker. He's been on the team for what four or five seasons now. Uh, so it, I, I'm not going to sit here and and talk him up as a huge difference maker. Maker, obviously, the the last two years they've drafted T Higgins and they've drafted Jamar Chase that's going to make a big difference. Uh, But part of having a good running game is having a quarterback that can stretch the field and keep the opposing defense from putting eight guys in the box. If your quarterback is not threatening the opposing defense uh, and, and making them respect the deep ball on a consistent basis, then it's going to be difficult to run the football. Now, would Joe Burrow come here and all of a sudden we'd have some great running game? No, not by any stretch. But I think that it would it would certainly loosen some things up. Look, you, you said it yourself. I mean, the Bengals don't have an offensive line. Joe Burrow was sacked, I think, more than any quarterback in the league this year. I think and he still put that. up monster numbers. <clears throat> so, I mean, the every, what's everybody's biggest, you know, excuse for Tua 
Like whenever anybody says, oh, well, you you can't really be that hard on Tua because he's playing behind this terrible offensive line. Well, here's Joe Burrow playing with arguably a worse offensive line and putting up significantly, significantly better stats. How can it be arguable? <laughs> you 32nd, you 32nd. There's no arguable. Okay, so a worse offensive line. No, I'm, no, no, no the, Dolphins, 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 no. the Dolphins have the Dolphins are 32nd, is what I'm saying. Are they 32nd? Yeah, we have, we have in, the worst in offensive pass line. protection or overall? No, overall. Yeah, like, oh, 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 okay, like, I think I we're like that. 31 in rushing and 32 in, in but I, think, I, 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 I don't want to speculate. I don't want to speculate. But but how about this though? How the about Bengals this? are right there with them? Oh yeah, the, the Bengals are 29th in power protection. Last time I checked, they were 29. How about so, this though? How about this? You just said Tyler Boyd is okay. He's Tyler Boyd. But Tyler Boyd would still be the second option for us though. You see what I'm saying? Behind Waddle. So so what you're saying is would he you, be? I don't know if he would necessarily be the second Matt option Collins? ahead of Devonte Parker. Devontae Parker don't play football, bro. He don't play football. Devontae <laughs> <laughs> Parker don't play football, bro. This man, how many games does he, does he did he play? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. my 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 just my point is, if if Joe Burrow comes here, stretch the field. Who are we stretching the field with? He'll have Waddle for sure. And someone said, "Oh, well, you got Waddle now." Yeah, look what look look what Waddle did with Tua. He, he the best thing smoking after Chase. You know what I'm saying? And that was close until the last two weeks. So go ahead. I'm not going to sit here and bang the drum for Albert Wilson, but Joe Burrow would better be able to take advantage of Albert Wilson's skill set as a speed guy than Tua would be able to. And that was, I mean, look, we, we just drafted arguably the fastest wide receiver in the national football league. And Mm -hmm. he averaged what, like nine yards a catch. I mean, I don't know that that's on tour. He don't call the plays. But it's a nature of, of, of everything. It's a nature of what the offensive line is. It's a nature of what Tua's strengths as a quarterback are because they're watching the same thing that we're watching. Heck, yeah. you, you saw the game. I don't remember which game it was, but it was like a free play. I think it was against the Jets where he had a free play. Everybody knew it was a free play. He had Waddle man coverage on the outside, and he throws it up there, and the ball hangs up for like 10 seconds to the point where Waddle's got to make a dead stop on the sidelines you know, because he just doesn't have the arm to, to, get, to get it there, whereas a Joe Burrow says, screw it. I'm throwing the ball 70 yards down the field, and I'm letting Waddle run under it. So how about this? And I'm, I'm going to end here, right? But this, this does have to be said. And I think it's 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 weird, just a little. I, I, it's hard for me to understand this, and maybe someone can help me understand it one day. But when we have this conversation of oh Herbert, oh Burrow, you know what I'm saying, and then it always lands on Tua's head, right? It's like oh Tua ain't it? That's fair. Opinion is opinion. We'll never know for sure. Have you? There's no way to really tell. We could build around Tua this time, and whatever happens, happens, right? But here's what's weird to me. If Burrow has the weapons that he has, if Herbert has the weapons that he has, Mike Williams, the best route runner in football for my dollar, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, they have a running game, right? And we already mentioned Burrow's weapons. When you say Mac Hollins, a starting receiver, Mac Hollins, bro, like, you know what I'm saying? You just, you just chuckle. Mac Hollins, Devontae Parker, sometimes... You know what I'm saying? The only real piece is 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 Waddle, and for whatever reason, 
Isaiah Ford, practice squad. <laughs> Shout out to the practice squad. So you got you got Gasicki. I was about to say that you got Gasicki, but it's like the coaches don't call plays for Gasicki, right? So here's my thing: instead of people saying, "Oh, two way ain't it," you know what I'm saying? Look, look what Joe Burrow's doing with what he got. Look what Herbert's doing with what he got. I don't understand why the first thing people would say is two way ain't it instead of. What's the GM doing? What's the Dolphins doing? They didn't give this man no weapons. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't understand. How is that the first go-to is Tua instead of the Dolphins are blowing it? You see what I'm saying? I think that's, we say that's, both. That's where I'm at. That's, <laughs> I think, that's, that's I think it at. can very easily be both. Uh, yeah. Like that one, they haven't done a, a good enough job surrounding Tua with weapons. But also, too, uh, the, Tua is objectively a limited quarterback. He is limited by his arm strength. There are things that he does really, really well. There are things that he does better than Joe Burrow and better than Justin Herbert. But there are also things that those guys do better than Tua. And in the NFL game, I think it's more important to have the arm strength to make all the throws than it is to, you know, have some of these, you know, you know, maybe the 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 quick twitch, quick release, or uh, you know the better footwork in the pocket. Whereas those guys can make up with their for their deficiencies because they have the arm strength to make up for it. Whereas Tua, because of his lack of arm strength, has virtually no margin for error. He's got to be Chad Pennington precise, Chad Pennington smart, and have that anticipation because if he's half a second late with the football. That's a that's a recipe for disaster. Whereas those other guys could be half a second late with the football and still get the ball there on time because the ball gets there faster. And it speaks to another thing about Tua. And you know, I don't want to get into the weeds of Brian Flores and the way that he disrespected players and this, that, and the other thing because that's a whole other conversation that I'm Mm -hmm. we could get into if you wanted to. But one of his complaints about Tua reportedly was that Tua was spending his days off golfing instead of, you know, putting in the extra work, right? And one of the things about Tua, and if you and if you watch Tua this season, you can see it. One of the biggest disappointments about Tua was that his he has sort of failed to grasp some of these the more mental aspects of the game this season. He has struggled with Um, And it's identifying wide open receivers and it's going through read progressions and those sort of things that sort of the mental aspect of the game is one of the things that has sort of broken down for him this season. And another thing that speaks directly to the video that that Kadeem just showed us is Tua's mechanics fell apart this season. And for a guy like Tua, who is physically limited, there's and there's, you know, I, I mean, objectively. Right. You could you could love the guy to high heavens and have the highest hopes for him possible. You have to admit that he is because of his size and stature. Uh, he's, he's limited in that regard. And so because of that, this is a player whose mechanics have to be on point every time he throws the ball, because if he doesn't, he's bouncing a pass to a wide open Mac Hollins in a game that you need to win to make the playoffs. Right. If his mechanics aren't 100 percent. They're gonna fight. He's he does not have the ability, the natural God given ability, to make that pass right. To 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 make that pass on the run. His mechanics have to be right. And as you watch this season go on, that was one of the more alarming things about Tua was that he he his mechanics were falling apart. 
they, he had better mechanics early in the season, you know, and whether that has something to do with the fact that he he got injured and there are there's, you know, theories about what actually happened when he got hurt and this, that and the other thing. But this was a guy who, for whatever reason, maybe it was something that he wasn't putting in the work off the field and it was resulting in lackluster play on the field because a guy like him who has to do that work wasn't doing it. And as a result, he was he was relying on the skills that, you know, his natural ability. And, you know, at the end of the day, he doesn't have the same natural ability as Herbert or Burrow. We'll, we'll leave you guys with this. We don't none of us get paid like Pat McAfee. So we won't be on here for four hours. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll, we'll leave here. And um, I, I'll just leave you guys with this. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you guys. And as far as the two thing goes, I'm always say, bro. People go to the one hopper, the Mac Hollins, when it was a 0-0 game in the first quarter. It wasn't the third quarter. It wasn't the fourth quarter. First quarter, one hop. Cool. I, I give you that. But in week 16, he led the league in completion percentage. Led the league in completion percentage. And before someone says, anyone says, oh, there are probably four-yard passes and, and, and check downs. In week 16, Joe Burrow led the league in yards per attempt with 7.8. And Tua was in the, in the teens at 6.2. Yards per attempt. You see what I'm saying? So it, it's not a huge difference. It's not, I think Joe Burrow is like 8.2, 8.2 now. But, you know, so it's not a huge difference. So when we talk about first quarter one hoppers in in, in a, a game where the first score went, didn't happen for like four possessions, it's like, how 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 much nitpicking are we doing if he led the league in, percent, in, in completion percentage? But look, man, I promise you, I promise you, fellas, like, you don't understand how much I personally appreciate you guys coming on. I know Kadeem thanks you as well. Everybody listening, man, Josh Kasker, Aaron Kasker, same old Dolphins. Y'all show this, these guys love. Follow their show, share, like, and subscribe. And while y'all doing that, y'all share, like, and subscribe to the Dolphin, Go Time Dolphins as well. We appreciate everybody coming on, everybody tuning in, man.